have the best of both worlds. You don't have to feel guilty anymore if you grab a bag of red curry hummus chips or or mm-hmm. uh, uh, roasted garlic asiago broccoli chips. They're going to be robust. They're going to be crunchy. They're going to go with all the things you want in a chip. But you look at the back, you've got less than three grams of fat in there, and you can take 21 of those for 120 calories. So wow. that's the big game changer. Yeah, I think it's time. Welcome to the North Carolina Foods We Love podcast, a show all about sharing the stories of authentic, homegrown North Carolina food and drink brands. Presented by Carolina Packers, home of North Carolina's famous Brightleaf Hot Dog. North Carolina, we're excited to share this great state with you. This episode is Wicked. I'm your host, Justin Raymond, and today we're interviewing Phil, the owner of Wicked Chris. Phil, thanks for being on here today. Hey, Justin, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. I love North Carolina and making food here, so thanks for having me. Absolutely. North Carolina has the best food in the world, and I'm glad we could finally make this happen. Um, As we were talking about before we got on here, you guys actually sent us two different boxes full of chips, and my coworkers got a hold of them, so I appreciate that. (laughs) The first round disappears a lot of times before everybody gets it, so that's good. I'm glad you got it, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and for those listening, we are going to try one of his uh, chips here on the podcast. We'll get to that eventually. Phil, I was wondering if you can give a quick introduction of yourself to the audience to let people know who you are. Sure, sure. So, uh, again, my name is Phil Kozak, and I started Carolina Fine Snacks in Greensboro back in 1981. I came out of, of Frito Lay's uh, technical division. I was, uh, had a PhD in food science. Went to work for a big company, and it just was not for me. I'm very entrepreneurial nature, and I sat in meetings where they had 90% of this and 90% of that. And my naivety, I said, I can get 1% of everything. Packed my bag, moved to Greensboro, and started frying pork skins here in 1981. So that's that was the beginning of the company. And, and we've been... Uh, manufacturing we got uh, out of mainstream production and into contract manufacturing and into the healthy snacks uh way back in the early 90s uh, late 80s uh, weight watchers was trying to get in the snack business nobody believed that uh better for you snacks was going to last more than 10 minutes and so wasn't paying any attention to it so over the course of about uh, 20 years, we launched over 150 brands internationally out of little old Greensboro for companies all over the world. Wow. So before you came up with Wicked Chris, you were helping brands develop their own products and launching them? Yes, yes. And we did that for a lot of years. Uh, some are Fortune 100 companies, everything from big guys to small guys. Uh, a lot of them weren't, food wasn't their primary uh, product. So Avon, for example, we did work for uh, a lot of companies that normally, are, you know, they have a diet program, and they need snacks. So, and then a lot of mainstream companies, well, labels you'd see out there and, and believe it or not, we're making it right here. And we did the development work too. So the, the whole thing from start to finish came out of this facility. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so what exactly did you do for Frito-Lay before you left the company? I was a process engineer for them in product development. So I, I would go in and, and they would want something unique or different. 
and teams with people like me on it would go in there and figure out how to do it. So I was at the forefront of their product development side there and, and you know, it, it was a monster. They had uh, 300 and some odd people like me in the same building doing this stuff all the time. So wow. it, it was not very fulfilling for me. I wanted, I, I was a kid in high school and, and grade school that had the lemonade stand and all this stuff. I was always trying to figure out a way to make something happen. So I, re I recognized, you know, before I get used to a paycheck, I better go do something. So that's what I did. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Well, do you have like a favorite product that you created while you were there or something? Well, when enjoyed? I was there, and that was a long time ago, I was involved in several. One of them was uh, ranch uh, flavored Doritos. Back then, nobody knew what ranch was. What? When it first came out, you know, they thought, oh my gosh, this is very exotic. Well, you have to remember back in, in, in the days of snacks early, uh, barbecue was exotic. Half the business was salted and then everything beyond that was kind of spooky so barbecue and sour cream and onion if you were in the northeast salt and vinegar if you were in the south and they didn't go much past that you just you didn't mm -hmm. call outside those lines it was way too uh risky so when ranch came around everybody said oh this is this is dangerous territory and you know and then nacho doritos came and after that it kind of started unraveling uh but yeah in those days it was simple things like that so you're telling me you're the inventor of ranch, Cool Ranch Dorito. Oh, no, I was on the team that did it. And okay. we were the guys that drove it forward. So there was always, you know, there were always 10, 15 people involved in a project. And everybody did their thing. And, and then there were certain projects you had all the time. So I had all kinds of little things going on. But, wow. uh, again, you, it, there are layers and, and there's so much. The, the chances that anything's ever going to make it forward that is very rewarding is it just wasn't very satisfying. So I, I was ready to go out and do my own thing. Hey, well, I, I appreciate whatever effort you put into making ranch Doritos happen because <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're talking about unhealthy chips here. We're supposed to be talking yeah, about that chips, was right? that was way before anybody discovered trans fats and cholesterol and all that stuff wasn't good for you. <laughs> all right all right let's start talking about why, why we're talking today so let's talk about wicked chris what's wicked chris all about so wicked chris is interesting um you know i did this in contract manufacturing as i said for 20 30 years and several things i learned over that time justin one was um it started becoming a roller coaster uh, the last 10 years or so, because a lot of people that weren't in the food business were getting into the food business. So I was starting to develop snacks for capital equity groups, and hedge fund guys and stuff like that. And it wasn't very sustainable. They wanted something they could throw against the wall that stuck long enough for them to sell it to somebody else and make it their problem. So um we were you know we were in constant development mode in the meantime i had 30 plus families to think about and since the mid 80s over half my staff have been people with special needs so we have a very unique workforce here that is very much embedded in in this company and i realized i had to go back to some basics and get a brand going again i had started in 1980 with the idea of of building a brand and got sidetracked for 30 years and knew I had to go back to the beginning. So I took all that I had learned 
And in the meantime, there was huge opportunity in the better for you snack world. Um, consumers are enamored with vegetable chips and it had become a billion dollar segment and it hadn't changed in 20 years. It was still a fried colored potato. And I had technologies that could actually develop or deliver on what consumers wanted and expected. And I couldn't get anybody interested in it. I couldn't get when, when companies would come to me, they didn't want to invest in that technology. So this was the opportunity I saw. It was what we call big white space. And so after 30 years, 35 years, I uh, took a deep breath, soul searched for about a week and cashed it all back in to start over to launch brand. And that was wicked, Chris. And, you know, I, I took all the lessons I'd learned from every launch through the years by all these companies because I knew I couldn't make mistakes. Um, I was going to be going up against these big guys and I was going to be going up against these capital equity firms that had lots of cash that were going their business with money. And so one mistake and, and I was going to be done. So every step of the way with Wicked Chris, we took all the lessons we had learned from seasoning development, the base development I'd spent 20 years on. I knew how to make it happen. So we were baking this product. Wicked Chris is made from real vegetables. The colors you see, the flavors you see, everything that you've got in that chip is from a vegetable. And we took the oil out, uh, which is the big curse in, in the snack world. You know, 80% of the people say they want to eat healthy, but only 20% do because they don't want to give up that crunch. And, you know, U.S. consumers love snacks. That's why mm -hmm. it's this big, huge aisle in the grocery store. And uh, with a million SKUs, they got a whole aisle dedicated to snacks and, and then some. And, and so it has to taste great. And uh, so that was our focus the whole time I learned. It doesn't matter how healthy it is for you if it doesn't taste great. So all of our focus in building Wicked was about flavors, textures, all the things people want uh, in a snack. And uh, we made it happen. We got the best designers, uh, behavioral scientists involved. All the all the big guys use you know science to design packaging and we, and and graphic and all that. And we got the best of the best to do it uh, through a lot of friendships we've developed. So you know the last part of it after we got all that done, Justin, was we still got to sell it, and it's one store at a time, and that was the hard part. After all these years, I knew I was getting back in the car, throwing a case in the back of the car and taking off and go try selling. So that's what we've been doing the last four or five years. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you come up with the name Wicked Chris? Well, you know, it's funny. Everybody thought it was was uh, had to do with the Northeast, you know, or Boston or something. And that was my guess. Was, yeah, and, 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 and it's really much more interesting. We need to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Carolina Packers. Home of North Carolina's favorite hot dog, the famous Brightleaf Hot Dog. Carolina Packers has been making it with fresh, local pork and beef in Johnston County, North Carolina since 1941. There's nothing like it in the country. Find the closest store to you with Brightleaf Hot Dogs at findbrightleaf.com. Or if you're not in North Carolina, order them online at carolinapackers.com and get 20% off with promo code BESTFOOD. That's promo code BESTFOOD food think story you know the one thing i learned through the years is brands that are successful use science to get there 
and they hire behavioral scientists to make those kind of decisions. And we found one of the best in the food business who agreed to work with us. And one of the things that they know that we know is about 90% of the people that buy uh, groceries are women. Despite the fact they're not the only ones consuming it, they're the big purchaser. And um, wicked is a term of empowerment with women. I didn't know that. There's a science to this. So it had nothing to do with the Northeast. Wicked is an empowering term and crisps are much healthier than chips, as you know. So <laughs> the whole thing was very, very calculated. Everything from the fonts to the colors, the guys that put this together knew what they were doing. And one of the deals I made with them, because they weren't going to work with a company this small, was that I had to leave them alone and let them practice their craft because they seldom really get to do this. And they promised me that this was going to work if I would just take the chance and go with it. So Wicked Crisp had nothing to do with Boston and had everything to do with really empowering the consumers who are chasing. Did you have a name in mind before they were like, oh, you should go to Wikipedia? In fact, as we negotiated to work with this group who didn't want to work with us because we had neither the money nor the size to make it interesting for them, after they heard what we wanted to do, they called back and said, you know what? We seldom get to really practice our craft. We end up going to a big company and the, all the executives change everything. And I don't know why they hired us anyway. Mm -hmm. So the deal is, is if you will let us do our thing and agree not to, to, to change it, we'll, we'll do this for you. Wow. And, and then they asked, what's, what's your brand name? And I said, well, I don't know. And they said, well, we're going to get along just fine. So that's <laughs> <came> about. <laughs> that was them all the way. <laughs> that's great. So, so when I go home tonight, instead of saying to my wife, you look beautiful, I'm going to say you're wicked. You look wicked beautiful, yeah. and you're going to get a real nice kiss on the cheek. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know what happens. I'll all right, back. got it. <laughs> I learn every day. I've learned all this, okay? I didn't know any of this stuff. I knew that science was there. In fact, what's interesting is the graphics were done by a guy who's a conceptual artist that does the same type of thing that doesn't mess with companies our size and agree to it for the same kind of reasons. He was doing all of Star Wars graphics in, in Hollywood when he decided to take this on. He wanted wow. to get back to the food business. And he promised me, we did some testing on these graphics. That Those graphics uh, won an international award the first year they were released. That's like the Academy Awards of, of marketing. Um, there's a, uh, um, it's like the Oscars. It's called Expo and takes place in Switzerland every year. They take the five uh, best graphic designs that use science to get to the finish line and one wins and um, every year the year we were entered uh, PepsiCo was there Anheuser-Busch Apple and uh, Windows and the fifth entry was Wicked Crisp when of course nobody knew who we were and we won and in 2017 we won the Expo Award for that package design wow. so if anybody asks us if we're going to change it, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't change it. You have no reason to change it. Why I not? needed to be going out buying lotto tickets during that time because I was so lucky to have engaged all these experts, you know, and everybody that was involved kept saying, yeah. man, I'm going to stroke the luck. And I said, yeah, I'm going back to the convenience store and buy some more tickets. So, wow. 
This is incredible. You got the inventor of Ranch Doritos. I know you said not 100%, but you had a, a, a part in it. And then you have a guy that created graphics for Star Wars and all these people involved in Wicked Chris. Like, that's, that's amazing. That's a it great was story. Like the, the, my universe came together. And it was yeah. really, uh, I mean, I, I, I feel very, very lucky, very blessed to have had all this happen because it was really my life stream. So this was a do over and I really put everything at risk doing it. I could have walked away and my crews and we all looked at each other and said, we're going to do this. And we cashed it all in and it's been a hard, hard few years, but now we're in well, over 4,000 stores and we were chosen as exporter of the year last year, North Carolina department of agriculture. We've exported this. In fact, there's a container leaving today heading to Poland, Germany, and the UK because Wicked Crisps have become really hot around the world. We sent a container to Israel that landed today. Wow. We sold to the end of the Congo. So we are busy internationally doing lots of cool stuff in Taiwan. And, you know, I, I keep saying Wicked Crisps going to be big in Japan. And uh, our, our goal, of course, is to be big right here in in. And starting right in North Carolina, where uh, you can find it almost at any store in North Carolina, which we're very proud of. We built our backyard, and so we're growing now. Why do you think your chips are so much better than other chips? What makes you different? Wow. Well, for one thing, you know, there are a lot of people out there that need to change their diet. Some some. A lot, you know, the people that are healthy already, that exercise all the time, they're ignored uh, a lot. So there's two types of people that are learning to eat healthier. Those that, that have a very serious attitude about their wellness. And then there's a lot of people that are overweight. They have type 2 diabetes. They have all these things. And, you know, they don't want to give up things like snacks. It's life has gotten complicated enough for them. And so... What made Wicked Chris special was that I, I understood that we understood it as a company and we took all the technologies we had to get them to the same endpoint, the same crunch, the same kind of satisfaction you would get. You know, we got 20, 21 chips in a serving and I dare you to knock it down. And it goes as great with a, with a, a diet meal as it does with a beer, you know, and that was the whole idea. If you look at the front of the bag, you're not going to see anything much on there about whether or not it's better for you. We want you to love this for what it is. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's what separates us from the crowd. We don't have any oil in this. And so if you're on a, on a diet, you're not compromising your diet to snack. And that's what was happening before. It didn't matter if it was because of your heart, because you have sodium issues, high blood pressure. Every time you went out and bought a bag of chips, you were having to compromise on your diet and then you felt guilty about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind that icon, that graphic in the front is in the food business, if something tastes great, you can count on it not being good for you. And if something is good for you, you can count on it not tasting good. And we argue that with Wicked Chris, you get both. So the whole point of that, illustration out of the front is to show you both the good and the sinister are together in one bag and uh you get to have the best of both worlds you don't have to feel guilty anymore if you grab a bag of red curry hummus chips or or mm -hmm. uh, uh roasted garlic asiago broccoli chips 
they're going to be robust. They're going to be crunchy. They're going to go with all the things you want in a chip. But you look at the back, you've got less than three grams of fat in there, and you can take 21 of those for 120 calories. So wow. that's the big game changer. Yeah, I think it's time to try your Chris. <laughs> all right, excellent. All right, so I got this bag of wicked crisp in front of me. It's roasted garlic, Asiago, and cheese. And they're deliciously deceptive nutrition, <laughs> which is what you right, were just talking that's about. Perfect. That's perfect. And that's it also says that they're, they're broccoli crisp, right? Broccoli crisp. What does that mean? Well, what we do is we took a basic pasta technology. You know, it all started because I designed an oven 25 years ago. I understood heat transfer well. I knew why you could put your hand in an oven, but you couldn't put it in, in frying oil. Okay. But I knew how to take that air in the oven and make it do the same thing that the, the hot oil was doing. And I had built this oven way ahead of this. And I started by uh, cooking pasta because I knew... I could take a plain sheet of ravioli and make it go boom through this oven. It's like throwing it in a frying pan. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I said, well, I can put anything in a pasta and I can make a pasta from any flour. And that was the birth of that technology. So what this is really is we would take spray dried vegetables and reconstitute them in, in flowers, make a dough. Wow. So, and then uh, dry it like you would a pasta and turn it on and bake it. So, Every chip has different flowers. We use a lot of, of yellow pea flour because it expands well. We put a little potato flour in there because it really creates good crunch. But mm -hmm. there's sweet potato flour. And if you look at that ingredient, there's broccoli in there. But then if we want the color to change a little bit, I don't put coloring in there. I put vegetables in there. So we use beets and carrot and all these things to really create the kind of color you would expect from a broccoli chip. So it, it has the equivalent of the vegetable in it that you, if you were eating that raw, if I put any more in there, you wouldn't be able to eat it because it'd be overpowering broccoli taste. So, you know, when it's spray dried, all the water's gone out of the vegetable. So we put it into this, you, you know, tomatoes like what, 80 or 90% uh, water. So when I put in the pizza chip, you know, that's a tomato chip. I only put four or 5% of that spray dried tomato. And if I put any more in there, you're going to feel like you're, you're uh, eating reconstituted, you know, tomato concentrate. So <laughs> that's kind of how that works. But anyway, that's got broccoli. That's made with broccoli and, and uh, uh, some flowers and, and poop. Off we go to the race. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just listening to you, I already feel guilt free, you know, like, Broccoli, beets, vegetables. It's like I'm definitely diving in. So these these crisps here, they kind of I guess remind me in a way of pork rinds. Is that true? Well, that's how that started, actually. Yeah. Twenty years ago, I had a, a football player, an NFL player that loved pork skins that had a heart attack, and his doctor said he could never have them again. And he asked me to make a vegetarian pork skin. Mm -hmm. That's how that whole oven, that okay. whole oven, everything got built because of a football player and in Colorado at the time. And I just love a good challenge. So that's yeah. right. And then it evolved from there. I mean, that's how so many things, so many technologies evolved from a mm -hmm. beginning. So it's interesting you say that. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'm gonna try this Chris here. Roasted garlic and Asiago cheese. So here we go. That is very good. It kind of has a similar 
crunch to like an actual chip that you'd expect. Oh yeah, should be. And it also kind of felt like a chip. It just didn't look like a chip. You know? <laughs> it's substantial. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not giving up anything for because of space. It's yeah. It's gonna be plenty crunchy. And I kind of, I just barely taste the broccoli, but I definitely taste the garlic and the cheese. And the, root, the garlic in there, yeah. So the broccoli's gonna be. It'll sort of, as you eat that serving, you're going to get a nice, and the idea is we want it to clean nicely, okay? So, you know, we don't have to be tomato. We don't have to be broccoli. If you really want broccoli, you can go buy some broccoli. The yeah. idea is that we, we take those vegetables, use them as the base mm -hmm. flavor for all of this, and, and it, it should be there. It should be subtle. It should clean up nicely so that you don't feel like you ate it. Uh, you know, a crown of broccoli at the finish line, but it complements well with all these things. Oh, that's very good. And there's not an aftertaste either. So I think all right, that's what you want. We want that to clean yeah. up well. Yeah, well done. What do you what do you recommend pairing with this? What's the best thing to eat with these? Oh my gosh, you know, there's you can see these are great dipping chips, right? So this is the other nice thing. They'll they pair so well with so many things, you know, and and it depends on your interest. Um so that, that one, oftentimes people will take a plain hummus dip and put it with it. We have a huge fan base of people. They're dip companies that keep using our Wicked Crisp and all of their trade shows to pair with because, you know, they're, they want their dip. Mm -hmm. They don't want their chip to be 40% oil, too, because now they're over the top and guilty. Wow. So they use these chips, and it's great. So hummus, that's great to pair with this. Anything hummus else? Great pair with all of these. Yeah, because a lot of these flavors or a lot of these bases just have a yellow pea flower base to them anyway. So complements really nicely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any dip is fair game. So when you very good, our, guys. Very you good. Our, you know, the uh, red curry, all of the like the vegetable medley is just all the pellets, all the different uh, chips put together with a light amount of sea salt on them. So it has every one of the different ones in it. They pair with any kind of salsa, anything you want. So I watched a video about your company called A Story of Impossibilities. It yeah. touched on how you hire people with disabilities, and you kind of spoke about that earlier. Can you kind of share more about that, um, kind of like why you went that route, and, and, and how's it going for you? Yeah, so in the early 80s, one of the most difficult things I had to do when I started the company was keep people working. And I never thought that was going to be a challenge. But to give you kind of a history of how I ran into this, this, uh, this workforce was I had a terrible turnover. Small companies have it and all that. I have the guy, I, I happen to have been invited. We were frying pork skins at the time. And and um, George Bush Sr. was on his, uh, he was on his election tour and had come through Greensboro and ran into our pork skins and loved them and asked them if we'd make them for the GOP convention. Of course, me and this guy tell me, are you kidding me? So we did and we were in the paper and vocational rehabilitation called me and asked me if I would be willing to come to a job fair and interview people. We'd been through 200 people with 20 positions in, in less than a year. That's how bad turnover was all the time. And so I was very good at the interview process and agreed to go, not even knowing what VR was. Mm -hmm. I went to this thing and, and hired, uh, 
some gentleman came who was severely obese, legally blind, and had serious cognitive disabilities that was losing his job that he was very excited about cleaning bathrooms third shift in a hotel. And I thought to myself, anybody that's excited about cleaning bathrooms third shift, what have I got to lose? Mm -hmm. I hired him not knowing what the world I was about to get into. He did such an incredible job at our place. Yeah. He blew circles around people that didn't have the challenges he had. And what happened is, is uh, people started looking in the mirror and started uh, working more toward their capability or they quit. And every time they quit, I called up VR and eventually National Industries for the Blind, the ARC and everybody else and my work my recruiters were all people that these were organizations that were helping people with disabilities. And so by 1985, well over half our staff were individuals with disabilities and we had no ceiling. They were running production lines. In fact, the first employee that I hired, we had a holiday party where all the parents were invited and, and they'd asked what he was doing. And I told him what he was doing. He was controlling manifest loading, loading, uh, um, trucks and all this and was always getting it right nobody had ever gotten it right before he turned around i told his parents what he was doing and they said no 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 we mean our son david and i said no your son david's doing this every day and they said well he can't do that and i said well don't tell him that <laughs> so um my my mild justin is a simple one you know when, when you and i go to apply for work everybody's interested in what we can do somebody with special needs, they come through to interview for a job, suddenly the focus reverses and they're interested in what they can't do. I don't care what they can't do. I wanna know what they can do. So we've hired people that, we have people that retired here with condos, kids and two cars that were supposedly unemployable. And uh, still today, um, I have a production facility across the street. Everybody in that facility is supposedly unemployable and they run the plant wow. so and they get high wages they're independent living and i'm really proud to you know if i didn't do anything else in my uh in my my uh, professional life it's the proud thing that i did was because i've been able to travel around the country and talk to other companies about this and have gotten a lot of companies looking at things the same way so it's been our, our employment model forever, and it will be for us. It's one of the reasons we have with the Chris is they need a brand to keep this place solid long after I'm gone. <laughs> What's the best way companies can reach out to you to learn more about that? Wow, our website's the easiest reach always because it immediately swings back through to us. Um, so anytime there's an interest in that, you know, we're on uh, – Amazon and some other places, but if you go to www.wickedchris.com, it can it channels you right to us uh, quickly, and and we do have a lot of of stores and things. That's their first stop if they haven't if we haven't found them yet, they can sure find us this way. And where can people purchase your products? I know you sell it all over the world, so that means people In can North probably. North Carolina, I don't think there's a store that you, you, we should be able, we should be in every grocery store in the Carolinas. Wow. Um, there may be a couple here and there that don't have it. If you don't see it in the snack section, go over to the deli. So in several stores, we have it in the deli. Um, and it's because it's such a great dipping chip. So the mm -hmm. store decides, wait, we're putting it over here. So um, 
you should be able to, in your favorite grocery store, you should be able to find it. Awesome. I think we're in every store in North Carolina. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to cover that we didn't talk about today? No, no, I really appreciate the opportunity. I, you know, we love North Carolina and, and we're just excited to be here and all the support we get from, from, from the Department of Agriculture and folks like you that put the word out. We're still a small company pounding every day. So put the word out and, and uh, we're going to keep growing this business. Hey, a small company that has chips in Israel. That's right. That, <laughs> that was a hard one too. Those guys are tough. <laughs> Well, we're happy to have you. Um, thank you so much for being on here, Phil. No, it's my pleasure, Justin, anytime. I really appreciate it. All right. That was another episode of the North Carolina Foods We Love podcast. I'm your host, Justin Raymond, and thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the North Carolina Foods We Love podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on other must-try North Carolina foods. Also, it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a review. Don't forget to support local and we hope you have a great one.